I want you to imagine the scene with me, if you will. Sam and Frodo lay upon the rock. They're beaten, they're bruised, they're exhausted as the ever-rising lava rushes around them. They've accomplished the task that they set out to do, which was to destroy the One Ring. At the beginning of the journey, it was said that this most likely was going to be a one-way trip. And it looks like, indeed, that this is the end. But as our hobbit, our unlikely hobbit heroes slip in and out of consciousness, rescue comes upon them in winged form. It's the eagles. The eagles have arrived. I have a question for you. What is your wilderness? What is your wilderness? Now, I imagine your wilderness isn't an ever-shrinking rock in the midst of the rising tide of lava in Mordor, imagined in Tolkien's famous Lord of the Rings novels. Nor do I imagine that your wilderness is the literal howling waste found between Egypt and Israel, as described in places like Deuteronomy 32. You see, this idea and this concept of the wilderness doesn't sense to just evoke a sense of place, but also condition. The Israelites themselves, in the midst of the howling waste, faced all kinds of trials and tribulations and testings and temptations, all for the purpose of trust. To trust in the one God who had brought them out of slavery in Egypt. To be completely and utterly dependent upon the one God for everything. You see, the book of Deuteronomy is really Moses' sort of final speech, if you will, to a new generation of tremulous Israelites who are about ready to occupy the promised land. And I love it because at the end of this book, Moses reminds them that it was God who, like an eagle, had watched over them, had hovered over them, had cared for them in the midst of that 40-long-year journey. And that he had delivered them, like those famed eagles of Middle-earth, through the howling wastes to the shores of the Jordan River where they stood and they could see the promised land in sight. As Deuteronomy testifies, God did not abandon them during those 40 long years. And indeed, if you read through those beginning books of the Old Testament, you will see that there were all kinds of trials and tribulations and testings and temptations that went on. And yet, through it all, God was still there, caring for them, feeding them, and guiding them upon the wing. And it's a good reminder to us, brothers and sisters, that whatever we face, whatever wilderness comes our way, God is there. Whether that's the diagnosis that the doctor gives you, 
whether that's evil that comes upon our shores, whether that's temptations that seek to seduce us, God is there. But you might say, you know what, Pastor? Sometimes I just don't think He is there. Sometimes I think I'm all alone in the midst of it all. Sometimes, in fact, I think that God has downright abandoned me. And that's why I want to guide your eyes. I want to guide your gaze to the howling waste that is Calvary. To the place of the skull. To the cross. Where the eagle has not just arrived, but the eagle has indeed landed. Where Christ spreads his arms out in loving care for you. Where each hammer blow represents another one of your sins being nailed upon Jesus. You see, Jesus' wilderness experience seeks to transform our own experiences. Christ calls us to look at our own trials and tribulations and testings and temptations through the lens of the cross. And in order for us to trust in the one God, in the one God who was always there in the midst of our wilderness. In Christ's name, amen.